listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm so excited you joined us today. Uh, my special guest today is best-selling author Greg Kincaid, and I'll be discussing his new book, A Christmas Home, a uh, great novel, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, that and other wonderful things that Greg's been up to and some of his writing that's going on. So it's going to be a great show. Everybody hang tight, and uh, we're going to break quickly for commercial break, but then we'll be right back with Greg Kincaid right after these messages. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Is the coast clear? Yes. Let's go. Are you sure they went to Petco? Where else would they go? Oopsie. Hey, calm down. I smell presents. <gasps> go to PetcoDeals.com and get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off hundreds of holiday items at Petco. That's PetcoDeals.com. Go now. Uh-oh, step on it. Okay. Oh, not on my tail. <laughs> go where the pets go. X-Power is a global brand that offers a complete line of stand dryers, cage dryers, and multiple blasters that cater to both home and professional groomers. Designed to be quiet, lightweight, and powerful, X-Power pet dryers will save you time, energy, and money. The X-Power B2 Pro at Home Dryer is the perfect holiday gift for family and friends. Please check out our holiday specials at viperpet.com and amazon.com. For more information, visit xpower.ws or call 855-855-8868. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and joining me now is Greg Kincaid. And we're here to talk to Greg about his recently released book, A Christmas Home. Greg, welcome back to the show. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Tim. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Love your writing. Love what you're doing. And uh, tell us a little bit about the premise behind the latest book, uh, Christmas Home. Well, this book is involves the same family that uh, showed up in my last two Christmas books, but it's about six years later than the Dog Named Christmas book. And Todd has been very happily working at the Crossing Trails Animal Shelter, and he's doing some really great things there. And he has a girlfriend. Life is great until uh, somebody, like we might call him a politician, that's a, that's a good word for a bad guy these days, <laughs> decides to uh, cut the funding, uh, save some money, and so they close the animal shelter. And, and uh, Todd has no job. He, he feels pretty much abandoned, and he's, he has to not only worry about himself, but finding homes for uh, 50 or so dogs and cats. And the book goes on the uh, adventure of uh, how he goes about doing that and uh, saving the day. Exactly. And and it's it's really sort of a, a parable or a metaphor for, I think, a lot of us right now, how we feel as far as you know our, our financial future, where to work, our job security. It's kind of a scary thing for all of us. I think that was certainly in the back of my mind writing this book is some anxiety all of us have about those issues. Yeah, and I think the great thing about it is the fact that we can overcome, whether we're talking about the uh, the characters in the book or whether we're talking about ourselves and our life, that, yeah, it's easy to get caught 
down in the uh, doldrums, uh, especially if you hang around the water cooler a little too often. But we can't overcome. There's a lot of uh, promise and a lot of opportunities as well, and I think that's what we need to focus on. Wouldn't you agree? I do agree, and then ultimately that's what happens in the book. I mean, sometimes you have to be a little more creative. You have to try a little harder, but hang in there. There are still opportunities. I think that is true, Tim. Yeah, absolutely. I always talk about you know this time, this economy we talk about, and the struggles and the changes and the things to get us as Americans back on track. It's actually you know I view it as a blessing in disguise. Yes, I don't like my four hundred one k and my retirement money to be cut in third, and I don't like the fact that you know when you're starting to pay close to a thousand dollars a month for health insurance for your family, a little extreme. But the good news is that finally, as Americans, gives us opportunities to do the things that we have been putting off. Things that, boy, if everything was perfect, here's what I would do. Here's what I do with my life. Here's what I do with my career. Because uh, it's actually forcing us in a lot of cases to uh, to do that. And I think it's a blessing. I think that's right. People reinvent themselves. And and uh, I kind of had, had this idea that I, that I had fun with in the book, although I didn't push the point too far. But we're all familiar with the concept of outsourcing where we take these jobs and we take them overseas. I think we need to come up with this new concept dog sourcing where we find jobs for dogs and and uh and and i kind of like the idea of todd you know finding and we see this so much in the literature now where every it seems like every month or two you read what dogs can do that we didn't realize they can do and it's really a fascinating subject that i i wanted to at least touch on a little bit in the book yeah absolutely well we know our dogs love jobs and uh, I, th- I think we view their jobs as being sort of, uh, you know, watch the house, uh, you know, keep my slippers handy, the, <laughs> these type of jobs. Uh-huh. But it's really, I think, from uh, humans, uh, we underestimate all the wonderful things they can do and uh, the fact that we can put them up to it virtually any challenge and they tend to overcome it. Yeah, I mean, some of the things I've read about what dogs can do is just, just continues to amaze me. Everything from sniffing cancer to seizure dogs to. I mean, it just goes on and on and on, the things that I think my guess is over the next 30 years, we're just going to continue to realize that dogs are capable of an awful lot. That's right. And, and dogs and cats will rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> Probably better than us. Yeah. yeah, exactly. As if they don't already. That's the Yeah, key. right. They rule my world. Yeah. <laughs> you got that yeah. right. So now this book, uh, A Christmas Home, as you mentioned, is a uh, prequel to uh, A Dog Named Christmas, uh, which was a Hallmark Hall of Fame uh, movie, a great, great movie. And putting together the prequel and doing this in a series of books, how is this different? How do you keep it fresh? How do you, how do you remember what you wrote uh, a year or two back when the last book was published? Well, sometimes I forget. You know, sometimes I make mistakes. But over the overall, I mean, one of the real challenges is the book, A Dog Named Christmas, existed in my head. And all of it was in my head. And then I saw the movie, and well, then it's like, it was very easy for me to get confused and go, wait a minute, is that the way it was in the movie? Or is that the way it was in the book? Or is that the way it was in my head? And I found myself having to go back and sift through some of that because... The uh, Hall of Fame people did such a good job, I thought, of developing the book that it really kind of, in some ways, uh, jumped in my mind. Where I now I see those care. I see, for instance, Todd as the young man, Noel Fisher, that played his part. That's how I see Todd now because that was the that that image has really gotten sort of lodged there. So it has been a bit of a challenge, but not hard really because they did such a good job. It probably would have been harder if I didn't like the movie or the way they did it. <laughs> now, when they put together the movie, did they uh, consult you a lot on that, or was it sort of a uh, great concept, uh, let's take and run it from here? 
more the second than the first, but it wasn't so much that they consulted, but they were very good about saying, this is what we're going to do, and I hope you like it. Uh, and I, I think if I'd ever thrown a real fit, they would have listened to me. But at the end of the day, the producers of the movie, they buy the rights, and, and they're, they're polite, and, but they own it at that point, and they can do with it what they want. I think I just got lucky that they really liked the treatment um, that I had in the book, and so it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of conflict. I remember one of the bad reviews I got, not too many of them, but one of them I got, the critic was was trying to really make a point, and he said, this book just reads like one big, long Hallmark card. So, (laughs) okay, we plead guilty. I mean, that was, you know, that evoking sort of family feelings and, you know, I mean, Hallmark has an image, I think, it's pretty wholesome, and that's what I was trying to create in the book. I wasn't trying to write anything other than that. I wasn't, so that was an okay criticism. So it was a pretty good match between what I wanted to do and what Hallmark wanted to do. Yeah, and it, it came across perfectly. I think it was a perfect marriage between the two as well. Uh, what you tried to, you know, what you accomplished with the book, as and as well as what they did with the uh, the movie. And uh, yeah, it's always fascinating to me. Critics, I, I was having this conversation actually at lunch with my wife and talking about you know writing, whether it's an article or whether it's a book or just giving comments on uh, something on your social media account. If you've got fans, as they call them, or people that follow you or sort of like your stuff, there's still going to be critics. There's going to be people that have to give some sort of a, a input that is. Uh, totally negative. Personally, I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that as long as it's constructive, as long as it is, I get something out of it that, you know, hey, you know, you're right. Maybe I should have done something a little bit different and I'll use that for my purpose for the next book. It's just the ones that uh, make a comment without actually having a basis for uh, what that comment's about. Yeah, I also, the thing that, I mean, this is sort of, maybe I shouldn't care, but the thing that would that irritates me, I think, is it's there are certain books that I know I'm not going to like. I mean, there's certain genres, certain, I mean, I'm not a romance novel reader. Uh, and if somebody gave me a romance novel to to review, I'd say, no, that's not, that's, that's not fair. That's not the kind of literature I like at all. And sometimes I think some of the reviewers that don't really get this genre, this little niche, and, and they're, try, they're trying to make a, a Christmas gift book. It's a certain feel. It's, you know, it's not supposed to be about heroin addicts hanging out on the street <laughs> corner, uh, you know, trying to decide who gets the last quarter between them. Or, you know, it's just, that's just not this genre. And it's, I mean, maybe it's not always the most realistic thing in the world, but it's, but it's realistic enough. And it's supposed to be hopeful and more about what, more about how we wish the world was necessarily than exactly how it is. Yeah, exactly. It, it would be nice if we could have 365 days a year of feeling good and, and being hopeful and being of promise, but uh, at least we could do it for Christmas and expect that out of a book, and I think you did a great job with it. Well, I agree. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to uh, take a quick commercial break, and then we'll uh, continue our conversation with Greg Kincaid right after these messages. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. <laughs> We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's the holidays at PetSmart, so come one and all. There are hundreds of gifts for pets big and pets small. Toys only at PetSmart so special and new. They'll love the gifts. You'll love the value. Hurry to PetSmart today for your very best friend and save 30 to 50% before the holiday ends. The holidays are just around the corner. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. 
toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. So shop early and save money. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart today. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Coast to coast and around the world, it's all behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, this is the place for a special paparazzi treat, only on PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and I'm here with author Greg Kincaid talking about his latest book, A Christmas Home. Now, Greg, after uh, I always like to ask this of authors, sometimes they may have a uh, foresight of what they hope the book accomplishes and what they want the readers to walk away with. Sometimes you find out after the book's done that it was uh, totally different than your original vision. But after our readers read the book, A Christmas Home, what do you hope they do uh, walk away with? I think we touched a little bit on it, but I could develop a little bit more a hopefulness that even though the economy's tough, even though that opportunities seem to be limited, and even though uh, we may be frustrated with our government right now, we still have a lot to be uh, hopeful for. We still have a lot of opportunities. When I um, did the research for this book, I visited a remarkable place. It's in Washington, Kansas. It's a place called KSDS, and they train shelter dogs, uh, or dogs, I'm sorry, not shelter dogs, to become service dogs, and mm-hmm. guide dogs, and social dogs. And it was this incredible place, and I had so much fun visiting it, and I thought to myself, they must have a list of like 800 people that want to work here. And I said, well, you know, what's it like? And he says, no, because we're kind of a small town in Kansas, we actually have a hard time getting people to want to move here. And we have, we have openings all the time. And, you know, I think, wow. I mean, that, that, I think, and I think that happens. We have to be a little more resourceful. So that was part of it. And also, as the title suggests, Todd is trying to find a home. He's trying to find a home for all these dogs. And I think that, that, that with, I have adult children and they're trying to find themselves in the world right now. Where do they live? Where do they fit in? And so that theme of uh, fitting in was a theme I really wanted to explore in the book. 
I think it's an interesting point, you know, uh, and we start, I think, thinking about this more when the holidays do approach. You know, I think we try to get back in touch with what it was like when we were growing up and being with family and these type of things. But I do believe it's a time also to sort of reevaluate and refocus on uh, what you want to accomplish. And, uh, you know, our, our youngsters, our young adults have to do that, you know, just starting off fresh from uh, college or getting out of uh, the military or whatever it may be. But uh, for us older folks, <laughs> no matter if we have great careers or great things going on in our life, there's always more that we can do and more we should be taking uh, reflection on. Yeah, I think as a parent, for the last few years, it's been sad that my kids don't live with me anymore and they've moved on. And now I'm kind of like getting a little bit more adjusted to that idea and thinking to myself, that's good. That's what it's supposed to be. They're forming their new homes. They're getting their own lives going. And that's actually kind of exciting. That's right. And the kids' room makes a great pool room and recreational area. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, Greg, you're also uh, an active advocate of uh, humane treatment of animals, and you helped start uh, the Foster a Lonely Pet for the Holidays program. Tell us a little bit about that program and some of the uh, things you've been involved in. Well, when um, I wrote this book, I would be the first to admit that there's a, a million people that know more about shelters and fostering than I did. But I was interested in it, so I was doing research. And and sometimes the guy that knows the least has the best insight because he's not used to thinking about things in the traditional way, and he can kind of get out of the box. And that was sort of me. And, And I started out just thinking to myself that families adopt other families over the holidays, and our family had done that for a long time. We worked with a family that was didn't have enough money for coats and presents and even food, and we would bring them food, and it was a fun experience. And so I started thinking, well, maybe that is something that animal lovers could do. They could do something special for a, a shelter dog over the holidays and bring it into the home and uh, foster it for a week or two, give the owners of the of the shelters or the employees of the shelter a break and, and socialize the dog. And who knows, maybe, you know, you'd end up keeping it. And that was sort of what got me going. And I had no idea if it, was, it would really work, but I thought, yeah, it's fiction. We can make it work in the book. <laughs> <laughs> and I got an email about, oh, I don't know, a month after after the um, the book was released from a lady down in Florida. And uh, to make a long story short, she decided to try this concept of holiday fostering. And they had like, it was a small shelter. They had like 40 dogs. And she said, we cleaned the shelter out in like three days. And we had to drive to another shelter and truck dogs in because so many wow. people wanted to foster these dogs over the holidays. So I thought, when I when I talked to Hallmark about doing the movie, I said, wouldn't it be great if we could not only do this movie, but if we could get a holiday fostering program off the ground? And and, and uh, a lot of people thought it wouldn't work. You know, they said, oh my gosh, he'll traumatize Fido. He'll come out of the shelter and he'll go to this nice house and you'll have to bring him back. And, you know, and there, so there were people that didn't think it was a good idea, but enough people thought it was worth a try that we did it, and we had, I think, 3,000 shelters participated, and and the estimates, and we don't have exact numbers on this, is 10,000, 20,000 dogs' lives were saved over the first two years, and we're still doing it, and there's still people that wonder, hey, is this the right way to do it, but but I think that as the numbers and the, and, and the statistics build, it's looking better and better. Our, our little local animal shelter where I live in Olathe, Kansas, it's not a huge shelter, but it's pretty good size, and I'm guessing they have, on average, 40 or 50 dogs. They have totally emptied the shelter every year for the last three years, and they have, on average, only one or two dogs are ever brought back. And that is about the same 
statistic they have for adoption in general. For every 50 dogs that are adopted, two or three will bring them back. So it's not right. like we there's this mass, you know, December 26th arrives and suddenly 50 dogs are brought back. <laughs> that doesn't happen. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's really been a, a fun program, and, and Pet Finders has, has ran with it and is doing a great job with it. Wow, that's fantastic. So a majority of these fosters, fosters for the holidays, uh, are actually end up uh, adopting the pets and keeping them <laughs> yeah, as it's family. Very, it's kind of manipulative, but in a fun <laughs> kind of way. <laughs> and that was the point in the book. I mean, George, the dad in A Dog Man Christmas, said, wait a minute, we're going to foster this dog for a week and bring it back. you got to be kidding me. Nobody's going to want to bring this dog back. And everybody says, oh, well, we'll bring it back, and he makes some progress. Promise. Well, then the promise just is a tough one for everybody. So that's right. And the dad never wins anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> not my family. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. So everybody, take a look at that. Is there a website for that, Greg? There is. You can go to uh, Pet Finder, and there's links on there. And I also am blogging on Pet Finder, and there's a, a blog on there where we explain all about the program, how it works. And Pet Finder's done a great job of, of they have a kit and uh, you know press kits, ha- forms to fill out. They've done all the work for the shelters. Uh, so all the shelter really has to do is sign up. And then this person or the human being that wants to foster just puts in their zip code and it'll, it'll cue them to the nearest shelters that are doing the program this year. That's fantastic. So everybody can go to uh, PetFinder.com, uh, find out more about the program, Foster a Lonely Pet for the Holidays. Read your blogs definitely on there. I think that those are fantastic as well. And uh, you're right, PetFinder always does a great job. If you're looking to adopt or place uh, an animal or even find a lost animal, they're, they're involved in as well. And uh, this is a wonderful program. I'm glad they uh, chose to adopt it. And big kudos for uh, getting it started when people said, hey, you can't possibly do that. Well, like I said, sometimes it's better not knowing anything. <laughs> that's right. Plead ignorant until they tell you otherwise. <laughs> the highlight, I think that's a great point as well. I, you know, I find you know I do a lot of work with rescue organizations, and there's there's wonderful people that have been involved with certain organizations for years and years and years. But I always find it's uh, and you know, of course, I I was a president of a local no kill shelter here in that northern part of Atlanta as well for a while. And I always found it really great to get new, fresh uh, bodies in there, new life. They're excited about doing things and aren't, uh, don't know any better, you know, and willing to try new things because uh, uh, sometimes it's just a fresh idea that comes along. Sometimes it's just a matter of timing that now's the right time compared to maybe when you tried it uh, you know, five, six years ago. Yeah, you know, one of the things that that I learned from my own ignorance, and I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit this, but I got to be honest, I would drive by an animal shelter and I would think, oh my God, I am not going in there mm-hmm. uh, for like a lot of reasons. One, I thought it would be sad. Two, I thought I'd go in there and walk out with you know 20 dogs. So I just never went in an animal shelter, and I had all this vision in my head of what a shelter must look like. It was really way off. All my thinking about shelters were way off. And part of what I did in this book, A Dog Named Christmas, is there's actually sets where the characters are, are, act, are interacting in the shelter. And I'm willing to bet there's a lot of people like me that never been in a dog shelter or an animal shelter. And so to have a movie that takes place in a shelter where they can actually see the dog, see, see what it looks like, it maybe removed a little bit of that anxiety about not even wanting to go in there. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, whether you're looking to adopt a, a dog or a cat or another or another animal, there's a lot of uh, rescue groups out there that focus on different types of animals, but uh, are shelters with their dogs and cats. Whether you're looking to adopt one or whether you're just looking to help, you know, they need uh, love and attention and uh, walking and uh, all these wonderful things. So uh, definitely stop to your uh, local rescues, your local shelters, and uh, see how you can assist. Uh, I think you're right. I think it's a big misconception. They uh, can use your help, and I think you'll get a lot out of it as well. Yeah, there's a lot people can do. I mean, maybe it's just dropping by dog food. Maybe it's taking a dog for a walk. Maybe it's a check for 50 bucks. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do short of walking out with 10 dogs. Absolutely. I mean, we used to have uh, every month we had uh, you know uh, orientation days where people that thought they may want to get involved but not sure how or what they want to do, they'd come by and we'd give them a tour of the facility and they'd play with the dogs and cats. And it's a little bit of everything. If you have uh, IT skills, if you run your own website, guess what? Uh, all the shelters and rescues, they have their own websites. They post on locations like PetFinder.com, so they need help in that area as well. So there's literally, if you have a skill set or a career set that uh, in place, uh, they more likely can use your help. You know, sometimes I get discouraged about the euthanasia rates as high as they are, but and they're still awful. I think it's like five or six million a year, but I read somewhere that they used to be like 20 million a year. And I think, oh, I mean, I can't even imagine that. But so we have we've made so much progress, but still five or six million is awful. We need to make more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think we have made uh, tremendous progress. We've the education has gotten grander. You know, there's more of uh, information out there. Um, a lot of things to uh, keep us up to date on, and not those misconceptions about uh, what's going on. So I think all that is positive, and you're absolutely right. We need to just continue to do more, get more involved, uh, and uh, you know, participate uh, from a volunteer standpoint, participate from a legislative standpoint, uh, continue to get these great laws passed that will. Uh, help the animals and uh yeah let's just uh stay positive do your part and i think you can we hopefully when we have a conversation next time those numbers will be down significantly more that would be great well greg uh, where can uh listeners find out more about you and the book a christmas home and all the great things you've got going on well, um, the Christmas Home book should be in all major bookstores at this point, and uh, I have a web page. Uh, it's easy to find. It's www.gregkincaid.com, and I have a Facebook page, which is also easy to find. It's uh, com. and uh, Pet Finders has got a little bit of information. Hopefully, uh book's not hard to find, though. It's, I'm sure it's on Amazon and all the all the normal outlets. That's right. So everybody pick up a copy. Great book. Great gift for the holidays. It is a, a heartfelt tell. So those that you don't want to be heartfelt during holidays, then perhaps it's not the right fit. <laughs> <laughs> and for, for all the people that are going to email at me and say, I want to get the book, but tell me in advance did the dog die. Let me assure you, no dead dogs. Okay, you're yeah. safe. <laughs> <laughs> no dead dogs and no dogs harmed during the writing of this book. <laughs> right. <laughs> so put that out there. So everybody pick up a copy of uh, Greg Kincaid's latest book, uh, Christmas Home, and uh, check him out on Facebook and his website. And definitely check out his blogs on PetFinder.com. And while you're there, go find your own pet to foster during the holidays or bring home for your uh, forever family. I'm, I'm sure that'll be the best gift of all. So, Greg, uh, thanks for coming on the show. We do appreciate it. Great to hear from you, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, talking to you again uh, somewhere down the road. Thanks, Tim. It's always a pleasure. Well, we're uh, coming to the end of the show today. I'd like to thank everyone for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. 
also like to thank our uh, sponsors and producers for making this show possible. To find out more about me, Tim Link, and other guests I've interviewed on the Animal Rights Show and the stories in my blog and to find out everything that's happening on Pet Life Radio, you can go to PetLifeRadio.com. It's PetLifeRadio.com. Download this episode, all the other episodes, and catch up on what is happening. While you're there, uh, be sure to check out all the other wonderful hosts and shows on Pet Life Radio. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for this show, please email me. You can email me at tim at petliferadio.com. It's tim at petliferadio.com, and I'll be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear most onto the show. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, article, or in a book. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.